Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We have an awesome, uh, amazing show. I know there's so many people out there who are struggling with their Facebook ad account, struggling with paid traffic, all these different things. And the truth is, there is an invisible platform that you are probably not taking nearly enough advantage of. And so we have an awesome guest here today who's going to help talk you through how to make more money without spending more. In the meantime, I see that he's just gotten off of his horse, ready to rock the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. The one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. Woo! <laughs> yes, I made it. How are you doing, my friend? You did make it. And uh, everybody else can't see you pre-show, but I can. And I saw that you did a very last minute camera change, which I thought was a little bit risky. And I didn't know if you were going to have it done in time. <laughs> very risky. But the consummate professional you are. <laughs> ready to rock and roll, even at the last minute, even after riding your horse over the rolling hills of Nottingham, UK, you're here in the studio with us today. Indeed, I am. Of course, wouldn't miss wouldn't miss spending an hour with you. You know that it's the <laughs> highlight of my day. That's not what you've said in private. Um, it's not what I'll say it behind your back either. But, right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. We both have an open casting call trying out for new hosts. Uh, <laughs> Dean is looking for a new host. I'm looking for a new host, but. We have yet to find people that annoy and aggravate each other as much as the two of us, so we're stuck with each other. In the meantime, we have an amazing guest lined up uh, for the show today. The one and only uh, Yada Golden is here. Welcome Woo! to the show, Yada. Hello. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I th so we've had a couple people on the show twice. Very few people on the show. Very twice. few. Very, Very few. I believe... You are the first person to do a three-peat on Just Tips. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think it's just because I like gang up on Dean with you. I think that's, that's what it is. I don't know if anyone does that quite like me. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to squeeze him out, and I think you're my only hope. Um, so it scares me how you guys could have prepared for this show. I'm completely oblivious to what's, what possibly is going to happen. You have no idea. The whiteboard sessions, the like the leftover bagels that were on the table, the smoke coming out of the office. How <laughs> can we make a fool of Dean on the air? Um, yeah. but, uh, but in all seriousness, so Yada, um, we're, uh, we're excited to have you here for a variety of reasons, but not the least of which is you have, um, you have sort of taken the email world by storm. <laughs> um, you know, you've been featured in uh, Russell Brunson's uh, five-day lead challenge recently. Your name's on the front page of ClickFunnels.com. You're working with all sorts of big, big names in the internet space. And the reason that everybody's coming to you and the thing that we want to talk about today is that every single person in internet marketing is spending ridiculous amounts of money on ads and then when they get people on their list, they're giving them the cold shoulder. They're not necessarily monetizing the list at all. Yeah. And this 
this concept that you've come up with about the invisible platform <gasps> that you are the only influencer on yet not taking advantage of is exactly what we need to talk about today to help people make more money from their business with less ad spend and actually a platform that you fully own and control. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I, I watch people every single day just throw money at the shiny object, which is ads, right? And, and spend so much of their time acquiring customers and acquiring customers and like, you know, just the, the mental gymnastics that they're doing in order to come up with new angles and new creative and new strategies and new positioning. And I'm like, but what are you doing with all of the people that you already got, you know? And, and most of the time it's like, oh yeah, I'm ignoring them. I don't know what to say to them. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but, but this is what we're working for, right? Like we, we put all, all of this time and money and effort into growing our audiences, not just so we can ignore them, but so that we can actually nurture them and ascend them into our programs and offerings and courses and things like that. And so it, it just absolutely blows my mind. So one of the uh, so there's a bunch of things that I want to unpack for everybody here today, and uh, the 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 biggest one really is like the high level framework of how you should be approaching your email list because I think that um, I think there's a lot of programs out there that say, well, you know, here's how to create an ad, here's how to run an ad, here's how to get people to click on things, and all this other stuff. Here's how to spend more money with Google and, and Mark Zuckerberg and all these things. And, and, and I'm a paid traffic guy and paid traffic absolutely has its place, but I feel like there's far fewer people who are actually telling you, here's what you do after you get people off of that platform. It's yeah. true. Right. True comment. Thank you. True Thank comment. You, Dean. I confirm. I concur. <laughs> I know that I'm onto something when Dean concurs because it's <laughs> happened once every six months or so. Well, you know, and you're on something when I speak. It is true. For the first 16 shows, I actually thought Dean was a mute. <laughs> and then it turned out he wasn't. And then I wished he was. Or more of a mule. Right. <laughs> or other, in other circles known as an ass. Right. Um, <laughs> however, back back to the topic at hand, um, you, you've sort of streamlined the way that people think about their emails. And you have these different campaigns that people need to create and when they should create them and how they should be talking to people. Can you sort of zoom out on your philosophy on email in general? And then we can kind of go through some of those frameworks. I'd really like to um, make this show as valuable as possible people listening. Cause I know there's guaranteed to be people who are like, I can't spend any more money on mm -hmm. ads or I mm -hmm. don't want to spend any more money on ads. But I'm sitting on a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand people on my list. How do I make money from that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think uh, one of the one of the main things that I I do my best to remind people of is that you know I, I hear people all the time say things like, "Well, I only have three hundred people on my list," or "I only have a thousand. There's there's always someone that you're comparing yourself to. You know, like we know Russell Brunson has a list of over a million and a half subscribers. And so in comparison to that, it's easy to look at your own list and think, well, I only have X amount of people. And so one of the ways that I really like to remind people of what that number actually stands for is to say, 
take however many people you have on your list. Let's say for argument's sake right now, it's 300 people. And imagine yourself giving a presentation at the front of the room, standing in front of those 300 people. You're gonna drop the word, there's only, right? Like it's no more only. You're like, holy crap, I'm sitting in front of 300 people. And so, you know, thinking of your list as more than just numbers and starting to think of them or uh, remembering to think of them as actual people who have families and businesses and clients and a problem that you're hoping to help them solve really kind of changes the game because then you can zoom out even further and say, okay, what is the conversation that I'm actually wanting to have with these people? Like, why did I ask them to come closer, right? Because a Facebook ad, a lead magnet, a blog post, anything like that that's going to get people into your world is really them raising their hand and saying, hey, James, hey, Dean, I'm, I'm actually interested in hearing more about what you just put in front of me, right? So they're coming onto your list and that's where you get to continue the conversation. Now, I don't know about you, but when I meet someone in person, I don't put my hand out and say, hey, nice to meet you. Do you want to buy my thing? Right. But that's how most of us are showing up when it comes to marketing. For some reason, this like like Internet computer keyboard situation makes us like super awkward. Like we all become really awkward. And so what I'm wanting to do is kind of bring it back to person on person communication, human on human. And like really putting my hand out and saying, hey, it's really nice to meet you. I'm Yada. Let me tell you a little bit about myself, what it is that I do, how I learned it, who like the types of people that I do it for, and then explain to you how my business works so that you can see if it's a right fit for you. If it is, I am thrilled to have you here and I can't wait for the day that we get to work together. And if it's not, and you need to go find somebody who's more a fit for you, that's awesome too. At least we were upfront with each other and we know that going into things, right? Yeah, so like, hi, I'm Dean Holland. I'm a part-time burlesque dancer. I started when I was 14. Yeah. And if you're looking for a private burlesque show, I'm your man. <laughs> exactly. It's a simple onboarding scene. James, I'm just writing an email. Just say that. Black <laughs> <laughs> you can catch it in the recording. So we'll, uh, we'll have that transcribed for you and turned into email so you can improve your uh, open rates. <laughs> um, we've got somebody here. Hey, Yada, please tell me that this will be available for replay. Um, while I am not Yada, I will tell you it will be available for replay. Um, yeah. So I think that's it's such a good point to humanize. Mm, yes. This whole this whole conversation, right? Because it's like, oh, like I have 294 people on my list, right? You know, 126,000 people on my list. Y yes, but they're people still. Yes. They're people and and don't be an ass. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, I, I the title of my new book, Don't Be an Ass. Nice. <laughs> asterisks, or are you actually gonna write it out? I think I'm gonna go for it. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, the other thing is too, you know, people are so afraid to say the wrong thing. Um, right. They want to get it right, right. And they're like, well, what if I say the wrong thing and people are going to unsubscribe? You know, we've, as marketers, like we've really got to make peace with the fact that people are going to unsubscribe. Like you are not going to be the right fit for every single human out there. And that's okay. You don't want to be, you know, I remember 
starting out business, people were like, you have to find your ideal client and make sure that you say no to the wrong ones. And I was like, what in the world is this? Like, no, I need to say yes to everybody because I need to make money. Right. But when it comes to your marketing, it's really about honing in on who is that person that you want to fish out of the ocean of millions and billions of people and make sure that the message you're relaying is the one that's going to call out to them. And one of the ways that I've kind of talked to people about overcoming that fear of the unsubscribe is by creating a systematic way of getting people onto your email list, right? Whether that's a lead magnet or a funnel or an ad or something so that you don't watch that list of 300 people dwindle, right? Because then every time you send an email and you're like, oh, I lost two people. Oh, I lost five people. Oh, I lost seven people. So you, you just imagine your list going poof and now you're back at square one. Um, so, so that's another piece. It's like really making sure that you're you like uh, intentionally going out and giving people ways to get onto your list. I remember I was, uh, I had a very small email list and it was myself and three test accounts <laughs> and Dean. And I saw Dean unsubscribe and I had the opposite reaction. I was thrilled to see him unsubscribe. <laughs> um, we've, uh, we've got a good question here uh, from Wayne. When just getting started without a list, do you recommend lead scrapers to build a list or should we run an ad of some type to content, blog posts, social media, lead magnet, etc.? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just take a stab at that and I'll hand it over to you guys too. I think the problem with these lead scrapers and buying lists from people is that when you start emailing them, they have no idea who the hell you are right. and and they never, they never raised their hand and said, Hey, I want to hear more from you. Mm -hmm. They're just like, it's like, uh, it's like being at home and, you know, being in your bedroom or your living room or your office or whatever. And some random person walks in, you're like, who the hell are you? And why are you here? <laughs> right. Uh, but if it's a friend of yours and you're like, Oh, Hey, what's up? It'd still be a little weird that they came in the door without knocking. <laughs> but, you know, maybe the analogy breaks down a little bit, but, um, but that, that's my opinion. What do you guys think? I feel like it's kind of like being a wedding crasher, right? Like nobody at the party <laughs> knows who you are and you're like, Hey, what's up? And if you have a really <laughs> good persona and personality and like, you're really great at creating that rapport, you may pull it off. Right. But if you're not that person and you're just kind of coming in unknown, everyone's going to be looking around going like, who invited this guy? Like, are you with the bride or the groom? <laughs> like what happened here? I feel like you just put a really bad idea that I want to execute on. I, I'd like to crash weddings with Dean. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> I feel like we could pull it off. I think we could <laughs> pull it off. Yeah, um, I agree. What's no, uh, what your um, feeling on that Dean? Yeah, I, I, I would say like in the context of this, I always think with, with, with pretty much everything, there are attractive, quick looking solutions. They look really nice. They sound easy. They sound fast. It sounds like a, a shortcut, right? That would probably yeah. be the good word, right? It's like, oh, I can scrape all these leads or buy these lists and do all this stuff that's like really fast, really quick. But it's never going to get you the result. Like we can all go to a site like fiverr.com and pay for a hundred thousand hits to our website. doesn't mean anyone's visiting. Right. Yeah. So I think like my, my, my thoughts would be is just to break out of any kind of like quick fix overnight instant solution to building an audience. Cause I think like, like if we play in, like go into what you've just been talking about, Yado, in terms of humanizing, realizing that every one of these people on your list is a real human being, you know, when you're building your list correctly. You know, and I just think 
you know, any, any attempt to kind of game that system, you're never going to build an authentic audience anyway. Like even if you manage to trick 100,000 people onto your list that you could communicate with, like that's no way to start any kind of business anyway, is it? Like imagine, yeah. imagine they did open your email. Imagine they did say, oh, what is this product? Like the first thoughts that be coming through my head is like, who the hell are you to even send me this? And now even if I look, you could have the best product in the world. Knowing how you did business to get me, I would not be dealing with you. Mm. You know, and it's like, just, just consider that aspect as well. Like how you treat people and the, the, uh, you know, the way in which you've dealt with people or come into contact with people, they're going to attach that to you as well. It's like, if I'm in an education type space where I'm teaching people, the last thing I want to do is try and acquire that customer through some sort of weird, sketchy means that's going to leave th that person thinking like, oh, is this what I could expect if I worked with you? Are these the type of shenanigans you'd be telling me to deploy? Yeah. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love that. You know, the other, the other thought I have too, is I think sometimes people are looking for that shortcut because they believe they have to have such big numbers mm -hmm. in order to get a meaningful result. And, um, Yada, you've got a, you've got a story about somebody that, uh, that I think worked with you as a client and she had what, a couple hundred people on her list. Like, I don't, I don't remember the details, but maybe. Yeah. You yeah. So Agnes, uh, she had a list of, I believe it was 500 people and she was selling a book, like a high ticket book. I believe it was, was it $5,000, two, three, two or $3,000 book, something like that. It was, it was kind of mind blowing. It must be one hell of a book. I know. Right. I know. It was like in the financial services space. Uh, and so um, she ended up sending three emails out. And by the third email, she had closed over nine, $9,000 from a list of 500 people. And so a lot of people ask me that they're just like, well, does list size matter? <laughs> you know, And I'm like, why are we getting into a list measuring contest here? It's like ridiculous. Because <laughs> the only thing that really matters is list size compared to your offer, right? Like what is the value of your offer? Because you could have a $27 product and have a list of a thousand people, well, you need to sell a lot of $27 products in order to kind of like bring in a lot of revenue. But if you have a high ticket offer, you can have a very small list and really like make a difference in the world. Um, and in, in your bottom line, you know, and just kind of piggybacking on what you were saying, Dean, it, it's interesting how many people and entrepreneurs I talk to who get to a point in their business where they're like, I have the wrong people on my list. I hate right. my list, you know? And I think that that's a combination of things. I think one of them is this approach of, let me buy some leads or let me just do something. Like, let me cast a really wide net so that I can get the numbers that I think I need. And then there's the other part of it, which is people showing up as who they think they need to be in order to get that large audience, that platform, and have the numbers that they think they need to have in order to be successful, where my approach is really like, hey, just show up as who you really, truly are. If you're quirky, be freaking quirky, right? Like I talk to my audience all the time about my French bulldog who like sleeps under my chair and farts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this dog so much, but he stinks. I talk to them about like my love of Star Wars. I talk to them about my family and things that just interest me because I'm a multifaceted human being. And the part of me that you're going to see is the part that the light is hitting in that moment, right? I'm not going to hide anything from my audience. And so people can see me and be like, wow, she drops an F-bomb every once in a while. I like that or I don't like that.
Right. She likes Star Wars. I resonate with that or I don't resonate with that. And so when I actually get on the phone with people who want to work with me, they're like, I feel like I know you. And I'm like, well, that's because I actually show up as who I am. And it's super, super sustainable for me because I don't have to try to be Yada Golden of story selling. Do you know what I mean? Like I just show up as who I am and, and that's okay. And it makes it just so much easier. So I, I wouldn't buy a list uh, just under that pretext, right? It's just like, yeah. I want to make sure that the people I have on my list know who I am, have opted to be there and are actually genuinely interested in what I have to offer them. Absolutely. Um, just a quick shout out to Scott and Chris, yeah. What's up, you guys, thanks for sending <laughs> us a message. Uh, Scott's, uh, Scott's a friend and a client of ours who, uh, I'm not going to lie. We freaking crushed it for him. <laughs> he called me the queen of, of, uh, copywriting. He did. So. He did. Absolutely. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, well, I think I think just 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 jumping on what you just said, I think I think actually you've maybe just hit on, in my opinion, like love to hear what you guys think. Like I think you've maybe just hit on one of the the biggest barriers that people face, and it, it sounds so simple when you just say it, just in casual conversation, and that is like being yourself. Yeah. I think that that has been my experience is like, and, and I would say even even I struggle with this. Like you guys have told me when we've been together at Masterminds, you know. I, you know, I, I, I know you guys, you know, like we're great friends. And so like, I'm just myself around you and we have a laugh and a joke and I'm a bit stupid and I, you know, say st silly stuff sometimes, but when it then comes he to like, my presence online, <laughs> you, what he orders five chicken shawarmas at a time. I do do uh, that. These are, these are the quirky things I do in life, but by the beginning of the stories. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> <laughs> then when it comes to like my, my online marketing and the way I show up in my videos and things I you know it's not that I'm trying to not be myself it's just like I don't really like I don't know how to necessarily be myself on in front of a camera and I, I guess that would translate into like emails and it, it, all the content that you put out right and I, I would say that then that's quite potentially like people's biggest barrier because it's almost like well I'm afraid to be me what if what if I start saying this stupid stuff on camera and everyone thinks like everyone that's ever bought from me now all of a sudden thinks who the heck is this guy like oh <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, I think it becomes hard then it's a huge fear like you've got to think that the biggest fears that we have as human beings are one that we won't be loved and two that we're not enough across the board like every human when you boil it down that's what it comes to right according to tony robbins who i'm going to believe um, and and when you when you think about putting yourself out online with a message in a business on a video in an email whatever that happens to be, you're opening yourself up to being judged to being told that you're not good enough that you're not loved that you know people are going to reject you by unsubscribing from your list. But it really comes down to getting to the point in your life and in your personal development, which I think is a huge part of entrepreneurship, where you just understand that, like I tell people all the time and they laugh, but I'm like, I'm not pizza. Like not everybody's gonna like me no matter what I do, right? And so I've just gotten okay with the fact that the only thing that I can 100% nail every single day of the year is being myself, right? And, and sometimes, People are going to like it. Sometimes people aren't. And that's okay. You know, I, I don't know, James, you look like you had something to say about that. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking back to some of my favorite stories of Dean and <laughs> being on a cruise with him where he may or may not have done a line of Parmesan cheese off of a table at, <laughs> uh, at one in the morning. Um, 
that's that's the real Dean Holland. Oh, I thought right? he was going to tell some bad stories. <laughs> galloped like a horse down the. And, yes, and then galloped on a uh, fake horse because he didn't have his real horse because we're on a cruise I ship. Back home. I know. Well, they yeah. wouldn't let you bring it on the cruise. I thought that was a. I thought that was kind of dodgy. I'm a cabin and everything. <laughs> I know. I know. It's disappointing. You even had oats brought in and the whole thing. But anyway, um, I think I think this whole thing about you know the more okay you are with who you are. Yeah. Um, translates in all things, right? Whether we're talking about your social stuff, your, your ads, your emails, you know, ev everything like that's, that's a key element to stuff. But I want to, um, I want to kind of get into, um, actually before I ask that question, what, what is the name of this show, Dean? Just remind uh, me. What was that? We called it something specific. I feel like we wrote it down somewhere. Yeah. I've got a just, just the tips. I think that's, that that's right. It's actually, that's right. I totally. me. Just tips. We're going to need some tips here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I am, you know, we just gave this advice. Don't buy a list. Don't do the scraping. Like don't do any of that stuff. Create something that will get people to opt in. Cool. Now they've opted in. And I think this is where people are kind of like, uh, now what, what's the very first thing I got them right. It's like a dog chasing a car. If he catches a car, he's like, I don't know what to do with this. Now. Right? Like, what do you do when the people do opt in and they are on the list? Like what's the first order of business? Well, I think the first order of business, if they've opted in for something like a lead magnet is obviously to deliver that lead magnet. Right. And that's a good that, idea. Yeah. That's going to be your, your, uh, your initial, like, Hey, I'm doing what I said that I was going to do. And so from that point on, my next point of contact is usually an email that encourages consumption of that lead magnet, because I don't know about you, but I've downloaded a ton of things that I've never downloaded, never opened, never gone through. And so we want to remind them like, hey, there was a reason why you got this. You know, have you taken a look at it? Have you read it? Have you watched it? Like, here's the link again. Right. So we want to encourage that. And then the very next step is really uh, to take them through what I call a warm up sequence. And it's a series of six emails that answer what I believe are the six questions any prospect that comes into your world has about you. Right. And we can go over those really quickly. It starts with who are you? Right. Like, who is Dean Holland? Who is James P. Frill? Like, what? Why are you guys in my inbox? Why are you running this business? Like, tell me a little bit about yourself. And now this doesn't mean take me back to when you were born and like all of these things. It's like, tell me relevant information about who you are. Right. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. I, I think sometimes people are like, well, when I was three years old, I got my first tricycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're just like, I, I don't, that's too much for me right now. I, I'll, I just want to know how you can help me. Just give me yeah. 16 more emails and I'll tell you what I have to offer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we want, like, we want to condense time for them. But, but the point of telling them these stories, and this is something super, super important, is that we never tell the story in service of ourselves. Like, we don't tell our stories because it makes us feel good. We're telling the stories in service of our reader, right? Like we want to help them have an epiphany. We want to help them connect the dots. We want to help them um, make sense of the offer that we're about to make them, right? 
And so when we're telling them like who we are, it's like, hey, my name is Yara Golden. I used to be a relationship coach. Let me tell you about where I found myself at the end of my, like when I was going through my divorce and how I decided to go into entrepreneurship, right? So that's who I am. It's not like, hey, I'm Yara. I was born in San Diego in 1982. I'm an only child. Like nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Um, once you tell people who you are, then it's a little bit about like, well, where did you come from? Like, why are you in the industry that you're in? Why are you providing the service that you're providing right now? Why are you helping people the way that you are? Like you could be doing anything else in the world other than hitting your head against this wall, dealing with Facebook ads and email lists and what I'm going to email people with. But here you are. Why? Like what, like where, where on earth did you come from? Where did this desire? Hey, not, not to interrupt here, but I just want to like draw something out that I think is so important. It's the same, the same thing that you said, when you meet somebody, you're not just like, here, buy my stuff. Yeah. You, you meet them and then you find common ground, mm -hmm. right? You're like, oh yeah, me too. You know, I, I went to, oh, I know that guy from high school or like mm -hmm. we grew up here or whatever. Right. And it's like, it, it, and, and that's why you don't meet somebody and you're like, you don't have like a freaking robotic script, mm -hmm. you know, that yeah. says like, you know, here is what I do and like, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're trying to find common ground and you know why they opted in and why they came to you in the first mm -hmm. place. And so you're kind of like, Hey, let me tell you a little bit about my story about how I got here too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I think one of the most powerful things that we can get our readers to say while they're reading our emails is me too. Right. Because we, a lot of us think that it's by showing how together we've got all of our shit and how successful we are and how much knowledge we have that people will be impressed into working with us. And I believe it's actually the opposite. The, the gap to goal between where we are and where our prospects actually find themselves is so overwhelming for them that they see where you are and they're like, I'm never going to get there. I don't know how to do it. It's going to take me forever. And so by us coming off of what I like to call Mount Killam with knowledge and actually getting shoulder to shoulder with our prospects and saying, hey, I know how you feel because not so long ago I was actually in your shoes. Like, let me tell you the story of how I overcame that. That allows your prospect to go on that journey with you and say, oh, my gosh, if they can do it, if they figured it out. And they're now talking about something that is so overwhelming and shameful and hard and difficult for me that I don't want anybody in my life to know. That means that I can actually like it creates the space for them to step into that conversation with you, knowing that they won't be judged. Right. Fear that they're not enough. Fear that they won't be loved. You're just like, hey, man, I felt that way, too. But we can talk about it and I can actually help you with that. Yeah. Like, the you know, like in Dean's warm up sequence, knowing that one of his nipple tassels fell off during his first burlesque dance, I feel like creates relatability, right? It didn't, it didn't all go off without a hitch. It didn't. It didn't. I'm say I did it deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So it's just the tips, right? So we're on email two of six. Okay. Keep so, us on track. Who are you? Where did you come from? Um, what do you do? Tell me a little bit about what it is that you do. And when you do, don't be on Mount Kiln with knowledge. Like, come down and talk to me like I'm a five-year-old, right? Like, we can never... How do you do that? How do you do that without being condescending? Yeah, that's a great question. I think... That's a great uh, question. Thank you. You know, it's... Uh, they say... What is it? When, you, when you've mastered something, you're able to explain it in simple terms. I think that that's really what this is about. It's about finding... Um, you know, Russell Brunson calls them kind of likes 
where it's like this thing is kind of like that thing and that thing that you're giving them as an example gets to be something that is familiar to them, something that most people would have an experience with. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's using metaphors and similes and things like that and really using your words to paint a picture for them and taking something complicated and making it relatable. I think relatable is, is super, super important when it talks, when it comes to talking about what it is that you do. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So we're going to talk to them about what you do. And then number email number four, it's all about, uh, how did you earn it or how did you learn it? <laughs> right. Most of us have earned our knowledge through blood, sweat, and tears. Some of us have learned it in books and certifications and things like that. And then there's people where there's a combination of both. Mm. So it's telling the story of like, you know, one time I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and as I was jumping in the air with 5,000 people, this clicked and I understood it and I knew that life would never be the same again. And it set me off on this path, right? So this is how I earned it. This is how I learned it. And we're mm -hmm. sharing that. Uh, this is a great place where you can really edify your mentors, your coaches, people that have been an influence in your life. Uh, people are often scared to do that because they're like, oh, they're going to go Google that person and leave. And it's like, no, it's actually just um, creating more of a foundation for them to know like, oh my gosh, this person actually knows what they're talking about. They've worked with some of these great people or right. Like they've had other influences and they're not afraid to talk about it. I'm so glad you said that too. Cause there's so many people out there who like try and lead you to believe like they invented everything that they know. I know. <laughs> They're like, Oh no, this is my proprietary thing. And you're just like, oh, I'm pretty sure I saw so-and-so like talk about that a few years ago. You sure about yeah. that? No, yeah. no, no. I came up with all of this on my own. I have, <laughs> I have zero trust for anybody who claims that they came up with everything on their own. Yeah. Right. Even Isaac Newton, creator of Newtonian physics that influenced our world for hundreds of years said the only reason I could see as far as I can is because I stood on the shoulders of giants, but like John down the street running Facebook ads figured everything out himself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks John. And, and I, and I feel like I really do feel like when people don't acknowledge that side of things for me, uh, and maybe other people feel differently, but I feel like it destroys trust and credibility because you're like, well, what else are you bullshitting me about? Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. 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 Well, and it, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Dean. Somebody. You know, I was just going to say. Um, you reminded me what many many years ago. So when I first kind of after four years of misery trying to figure out this stuff back in 2008, I then got a mentor and joined a coaching program. And I remember like a, a part of my overall strategy I was doing back then and still continue to do is like some kind of weekly documentary of like what I've just learned over the past week, you know, through a blog or through my emails, and. Uh, I can actually relate to the feeling that you were saying in that, you know, I I used to have this sort of feeling and fear that, oh, well, if I tell everyone who's just helped me, like what coaching program I joined to, to learn what I've just learned, then why would they ever listen to me? You know, and it, and it, you know, just playing devil's advocate, it wasn't that I didn't want to credit anybody. And I, I've always credited him anyway. It's not like I'm saying I didn't, but I can remember the feeling, you know, yeah. and I used to think, and, and it's interesting because I actually did go to the mentor on one of the coaching calls. And I did say like, you know, I've been asked a couple of questions on my blog and, you know, obviously like, what do I do about this sort of thing? Like, why would they be asking me? I, I'm not an expert, you know, you are, or other people are. And he, and he said something that I thought was really, really great. It stuck with me for like 12 years. He said, yes, you're right. You know, this information is everywhere taught by a lot of people, but they're not asking them how to do it. They want to know how you did it. 
yeah. they want to know your version of this event. So it was actually about how I'd set up a blog. People were asking yeah. me, how, how do you how do you build a blog? And I was thinking like, well, the same way I did, you go to YouTube and you look how to search for a blog. And, <laughs> you know, his feedback to me, like I say, I thought it plays perfectly with what you're saying is that, well, they don't want to know. They know they can go to YouTube. They know there's another coach that can do that. They want to know how you did it. They want to know your version of events. How did you tackle this? Because they're relating to you, not that other person. That's why they're asking, right? Completely. Yeah. And that's where the that's where this relationship piece, where it's like you get to build a relationship with your audience really comes into play because you know, I get asked all sorts of questions that I'm not an expert in, but I've come to understand that it's because I have that relationship with my audience that they feel comfortable enough to say, hey, Yada, can you help me with X, Y, Z, right? Um, I saw I saw a comment here in the in the in the comment section that says uh, tips for a product based business. There is a reason why you created the product that you sell, right? There's a reason why you gravitated towards that product. You can tell a story about why that product came into being or why you like where in the world you saw the need for that product and why you decided to take it upon yourself to create it. Right. Like there's always a story. And, you know, I laugh now because we would hear Russell Brunson all the time say, you know, everyone thinks that their business is different. It's like, yeah, Russell, these sound great, but will it work for my business? And I get the same questions now. It's like, well, stories sound great if you're a coach or if you're an info business or if you're an affiliate, but what about my business? It's different. And it's like, no, they're not different. The only difference is the way that we're choosing to look at it. Like if I see this cup and think of it as just a cup, well, sure, it's going to be difficult to tell a story about it. But if I'm like, you know, I was going to my son's soccer games in the middle of the winter and I was freezing cold and my coffee would get cold every morning. And so I looked around and saw all the other moms had cold coffee as well. And so I, you know, I, I went and I sourced and I found this amazing cup. And so now the cup has a purpose. It has a story and it, uh, and it will resonate with people. So it's the exact same with physical products. Well, and I love that because, because that relatability to why you created the product Mm -hmm. is if people feel like, oh, I'm in that same situation where I was at the soccer game and my coffee was getting cold and the whole thing. Yeah. Let me try out this thing. That sounds really good because I'm in that same spot. Exactly. And, uh, and I, and I love that because, you know, even, and, and if you look at like really high end products, most of the time, the reason that they can sell them for as much as they can, like real premium products is because there's some sort of story about it, right? Like, like right. there's only five of these in the world and my great, great grandfather created one and like all that sort of thing. And you're like, Oh man, like I got to have this thing. Yeah. Right. The story turns it from a product into an experience. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what people are really looking for. So that was well, a great, I mean, great you question. Know, exhibit a is like, we just, we have a friend who just dropped like one and a half million dollars on five books. Yeah. Five books. He's like, I need these five books. We're like, wow, those must be really special books. Do they say anything different? No, nope. say the same thing as all the other versions, but these versions are special. Right, like right? this one, there's only 25 left in the world, and this one, there's only 300 left in the world, and we're just like, wow, like that's- and This is the only one signed by Dean Holland. Yeah. And like, you know, so, you know, there's that too. Um, <laughs> Things so, just have extra value. All right, so what So what number are we on? I'm, I'm so, uh, it's full. I think yeah. we just did four. Are we ready to go on to five? Yeah, we just did four. Uh, number five is really going to be about who do you do this for, right? Like now you've told me about what it is that you do. Email number four or five, tell me who you do it for. And so right. this is- Or who of, is this product for? 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so this is actually one of my favorite emails because it's really where we get like super inception-y with the marketing and the sales positioning and the offers. Because this is where we get to say, you know, I worked with Sally and Sally is actually my ideal client. This is what she was thinking. These are the obstacles and challenges that she was facing. This is how we were able to help her. This is what was stopping her from... <laughs> It's so distracting. <laughs> I just want to shout out to Edwin real quick. Said, I want to say hi back. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Uh, this is, like These are some of the objections that she had to starting our work together, right? And so you can actually overcome all of those things and really give them a picture of who your ideal client is without necessarily saying this is my ideal client. We're simply telling a success story that we've had of somebody that we really enjoyed working with. So your readers can immediately see themselves reflected in that person and be like, hey, I have the same problem that Sally has. Oh my gosh, those are my same objections. How did they overcome them, right? And what are the types of results that they were able to get from working together or with this product or service, right? Yeah, ab absolutely. And and I'll I'll just say one thing in, in my experience, because I had um, you know, I had uh done some work for uh Russell years ago, right? And he created this great testimonial for me and I helped him with systems and stuff like that. But one of the interesting things that I found was so many people watching that video or engaging with that were like, oh, that's cool. But he would he was unrelatable to them because he was like yeah. they perceived him to be at a totally different level. Yeah. And the social, like, who do I do it for? Those types of things seem to work better if they're more aligned mm -hmm. to the person who like, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm really like, you know, Bill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause you're like, oh, like Russell, like, of course it worked for Russell. Like, he's a freaking superstar. Like anything's going to work for him. But you know, Bill, like, geez, like that guy looked like he was pretty hard on his luck and it still worked for him. Like, I guess there's hope for me. Right. And, and yeah. I think that's an important, uh, an important thing to kind of discuss as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think that there's the opportunity to put in several of those like case studies slash testimonials in that email, because we all, I mean, at least in, in, in my world, like I offer several levels of engagement, right? Like there's do it yourself, there's done with you, there's done for you. And so I could be like, you know, I work with Stacey and Paul Martino who run a, you know, multi-million dollar company and these are the types of results that they've gotten. We also have Copy Club where you can come in and get, you know, help on your emails and, you know, uh, training and things like that. And that's what this looks like. And then we have the challenge, right? And that's what this looks like. And so I can give them several examples of how they can find the person that they relate to. And it doesn't have to be a long, it doesn't have to be a novel. It could just be like, you know, these are three different types of people that I do this for. Um, and then uh, email number six is really about how do you actually do that? And so in this email, I really like to kind of zoom out to that 30,000 foot view of your business, of your value ladder, which is something super important for you to have. <laughs> it's the way that you ascend people through your business, through your offers, so that people can actually self-select and say, hey, I may have come in off of a free lead magnet, but I just want to jump to your highest tier level service because that's who I am, right? I want to pay for like for uh, speed. And then there's other people who are going to be like, you know what? I really want to like learn how to do this myself. And so I want to go through all of the products 
And there's that middle person who's like, you know, I want to do it myself, but I also would like some hand holding, some help. And so this is this is what I want to choose. But like it it allows us to not pigeonhole or like box our people into having to go through our products in a certain predetermined way. It's allowed right. it's giving them the opportunity to say, hey, I, you know, I do want to actually go high ticket or stay right where I'm at. Well, and even just, you know, I think just to make sure that this translates for everybody uh, listening, uh, the the same thing still applies for product, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like, maybe I want to buy like the full suite of products, right? Dean, like with what you and Robin do and the, you know, the cosmetics business, right? You know, some people are going to come in and be like, Hey, I want, you know, the one makeup brush, you know, other people can be like, I want the whole thing. Like, give me, what do you got? I want, I like you. I want everything you got, you know, we're, uh, you know, in our Rose business right now, we're in the, you know, the beginning of the year, which is a busy time for us. There's some guy who spent like over like a thousand dollars on sending roses to like all these different people, right? And so you never know if and if you don't offer people that experience that opportunity to accelerate with you, you're definitely going to be holding people back in a way that um kind of cuts them off from something that they want and also cuts you off from an increase in revenue and having a raving fan and a great customer. Well, I mean, look at what Trey did with his flashlights back in the day, right? He was like, you want one flashlight? Awesome. How about three? Oh, you want three? All right. How about 15? And people were buying them. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They're like, oh, you want 15? How about a warehouse? Yeah. He's like, (laughs) like, just let people buy more of the thing they just bought. And it was like mind blowing at the time because it just seems so ridiculous. You know, it's like. And I I think there's also, I think there's also this tendency that uh, a lot of people have to believe um, a myth that, oh, I don't want to sell them something else because they just bought something from me right now. Mm-hmm. But but like when you're in buying mode, you buy. Yeah. Right? I, I think I had a period. To be selling more. What? Like, I say that's the best time to be selling more because like, I, I tell you something interesting. I start noticing about myself. I like, I'm like an all in or, or not at all kind of guy. And like, like last night, I watched some program that we've been watching on Netflix about Vikings. Next thing you know, I'm on the internet on my phone buying Viking merchandise. I've got a helmet on the way, a Viking helmet. I've got like this this bronze figure. I'm like literally anything that was Viking in that moment would have been mine. (laughs) You don't, you don't come on next week's show wearing your Viking helmet. I'm going to be so disappointed. That has to be like, you should never have told me that. (laughs) I I need to see this Viking helmet. If anyone sells Viking stuff, just drop your link in the comments. Yeah, if yeah, if we happen to have any Viking e-commerce sellers on here, I found your new raving fan buyer. <laughs> this is my point, though, right? Like, like at, in that moment, I'm wanting to buy, and if like if that store would have said, "Hey, you've just ordered this," like, right. how about this with it? I'd have been like, "Yeah, sure." Oh, do you want the axe as well? Yeah, you're damn right, I do. Like, how about, how about the full up. Viking experience, August nineteenth through twenty sixth? Right, come and be a Viking for a week. Sign <laughs> me up, five thousand bucks. Oh my god! But this is the point. Like, you wait until that moment's passed, or you wait till too long. You know, and every every industry is different. Like, I'm probably not going to buy loads of Viking stuff today, but yesterday mm-hmm. I would have. But there'll be other industries that's like the delay is is going to differ. But at some point, people's interest is not going to be there at that point. You know, then yeah. the problem will feel like it's been solved, like the, the itch has been scratched. Yeah. Yeah. Like, be no, like, 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. All right. So that is that email six. We got through the six. We got through all of them. All right. So just like high level rapid fire recap, one, two, three, four, five, six. What are they just so everybody can kind get, of, get your pens and papers ready, folks? Yeah. yeah for pen, paper. Are you guys ready? Let's I'm ready. Okay. I was born ready. Dean might not be ready though. He's email, too preoccupied. Email number, one. email number one. Who are you? Email number two. Where did you come from? Email number three. What do you do for? How, um, how did you earn it or learn it? Email five. Who do you do it for? And email number six. How do you do it? Like, how do you do it for them? Right? So the overview of your business. And if you really, really step back and think about it, it's very similar to a conversation that you would have with somebody face to face when you meet them. So it's it's not that hard to remember. It's just saying like how how do I actually introduce myself with somebody? How do I start a relationship with them? How do I get their contact information? How do I explain what it is that I do and why I do it? How I do it for people and who I do it for? Like it's all contained in that sequence, which I think is one of the reasons why it's so powerful because it's a natural flow of conversation. Um, the other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that one of the ways that I really get people to engage with those emails is by asking them questions. Because when we're having a conversation with somebody, it's not a monologue. Like we're not just talking at people. I say something and then you say something and then it triggers something for me and I repeat, right? Like we're having a volley when it comes to uh, the communication. And so I open up that same line of communication with my audience. Um, when I write to people, I don't think to myself, oh, I'm writing to 300,000 people right now. I think to myself, I'm talking to one person because even though I'm sending it out to many, the person receiving it on their end of the computer is just one person. So yeah. it doesn't make sense to be like, hey guys, how's it going? And I'm like, well, uh, I'm pretty sure it's just me sitting here. Right. And that creates a much more intimate experience. Um, the other thing that is worth mentioning that I think is not discussed often enough is the fact that just like podcasting, they say is so powerful because people have their earbuds in and they're listening to your voice in their head. When somebody is reading your words, when they're reading your email, they're actually reading it in their voice. So they're reading your words to themselves in their voice. The power of that cannot be overstated. Like it is it is inception of the highest kind. And, um, and I, and I take that responsibility very seriously, which is why I don't like, you know, cookie cutter templates or swipe files and things like that, because I'm, I, I feel responsible for the relationship that I have with my audience and for the offers that I put in front of them. And so I, I really treat that with a very, very high degree of care. All right. So I want to, I want to shift gears here really quick. We don't have a whole lot more time, but I think this is something that's probably on everybody's mind. And I'm going to share, I'm going to share my window. So those of you guys who uh, can see this, this is a ad that Yacht is running. Okay. So this Bernie, Bernie Sanders memes are all over the place right now. And the headline of this, for those of you guys who can't see it, email list a little cold and Bernie Sanders sitting there, my cold list waiting for me to make them some offers and then somebody else, me on my way to spend more money on ads. We can help no matter how long it's been. I think this is a freaking awesome ad. Um, but the the sentiment behind it is what I really want to talk about for a second. You know, there are so many people who are like, all right, yada, fine. I want to do all these things. But I feel like I totally screwed it up with my existing list. Mm -hmm. 
I can't tell you how many people have come to me at some point or another said, I think I'm just going to delete my list and start again or just from scratch. And it's like, wait a second, you spend a lot of money on that. And, uh, isn't there something that you can do? And so you came up with this subscriber reviver campaign. What we've been talking about is the, the warm up or the onboarding campaign, but you also have a subscriber reviver campaign. Like how do you revive and re-engage a list that may have forgotten who you are or may just think that you're an ass. <laughs> well, you basically burst through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Right? Like, <laughs> that's, that's literally it. It's just like, hey, I'm back. You know, like the, it's it's a super short sequence. It's actually just three emails. But what's what's super important about the way that you do this is the energy that you bring to the party, right? Most people, when they've neglected an audience or they've, you know, let them go cold or might even be on like life support or dead, <laughs> worst case scenario. Uh, they feel this like mea culpa and they bring this like downer energy where it's like, I'm so sorry, I'm the worst list owner. I should have, I could have, but I didn't. And it's like, dude, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be a part of it. They like, just because your list and sending emails is like a huge part of your world and is this thing that's like floating right here for you, you're like a blip in somebody's day, right? Like nobody's looking at their email going like, well, I haven't heard from Dean Holland in 12 months. Like who does he think he is emailing me, right? But but it's like the, like the world doesn't revolve around us. And so I tell, I know you were going to have a smart ass comment. Me? <laughs> Yeah, you look like Never. You. that's I horrible thought, to even. I thought you were going to give Dean some shit. Dean, I um, I I'm a little bit offended at her remark there. <laughs> I I I thought you looked great. Thank I'm you, good. thank you. Um, I, I, you know what? I think we're just going to end the show right here. This okay. is I'm her. All right, you guys won't learn how to revive your subscribers. Oh, yeah, whatever. All right, fine, fine. I'll suffer through. <laughs> well, the world doesn't revolve around us as entrepreneurs, even though we would Are like. Are you to sure? does i am sure all right because and that's actually what that's actually what enables us to kind of break through that wall and just be like hey i'm back right and bring that excitement and just send it out to the entire list and see what happens right like stop being afraid of the list stop being afraid of the unsubscribe stop being afraid of saying the wrong thing and just say something right but bring right. it with some energy the second email is really going to be like let me tell you what i'm excited about right like hey i'm back which means i've been gone let me tell you a little bit about where i've been what i've learned what's going to change about my business about myself about my offerings like like i'm going to catch you up to speed the second email is what i'm excited about now i'm going to tell you why i'm excited and what that has to do with you and how that's going to influence my business my offers whatever it happens to be and then email number three is really an invitation for them to come along on that journey with you right like you've set a new course you've outlined what it is for them and now you're saying if you want to come along hang out on this email list because that's where it's going to be happening or you can get them to re-opt in to something else right and then you just leave the people behind that chose not to Awesome. Well, we are uh, we are about to wrap up here, and I know that uh, there are likely to be plenty of people um, who would like to find more about what you're doing. Um, so, where can they go to uh, to find out more for help? For like, how do I do all this stuff? What does it look like? How do I implement this in my business? Right? Because it's like, you know, it's it's all well and good to you know listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube or whatever. 
But until you actually do something, it's it's not real. Yeah. Right. And you've got to make it real. Like we're here to get results. We're not here to like, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess I am here to have a good time as well. Uh, <laughs> if I'm totally honest. Um, but, but it's gotta be beyond that. Right. Like, I think, you know, we say about this show, like we want business to be profitable and fun. Mm. So, I th- you know, I feel like how, how are people going to implement this yada? Yeah, well, uh, you're welcome to check out the challenge or copy club or, uh, you know, have our agency do some of the writing for you. And you can go to subscriberreviver.com, which is scrolling past the bottom of the screen here. Or you can go to yadagolden.com and, you know, all of our offerings are there as well. And um, you can also opt in to get the story selling framework, which is one of the things that I use to actually write the content that goes in these emails there. Excellent. Uh, so check her out, yadagolden.com. That's Y-A-R-A golden.com. Um, we uh, we appreciate you guys, uh, all the questions today. This was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got Nandi here. It's so tempting to be the I'm sorry, this is gold, Miss Golden. <laughs> um, yes, this has been gold. Um, absolutely great to, uh, to have you on the show, Yada. Dean, we've got less than 30 seconds. Please drop one last knowledge bomb before we go. I have, I have nothing in 30 seconds. I'm, I'm a, I'm a six minute guy, but no, in all, in all seriousness, like, uh, like this has been a great conversation. I hope everyone uh, really takes this away. Cause ultimately as we kind of started with the show, talking about people spending money on traffic and time on traffic energy. And, you know, at the end of the day, traffic historically is going one way, like ad costs, it's going up, you know, and, and there's only a few ways to kind of combat that. But the biggest one is make your audience, you know, more valuable to your business. And that revolves around building those relationships and doing everything you've said. So, uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Well, thank you guys for being here today. Please, uh, please remember to subscribe to our channel, turn notifications on so you could be with us every time we're going live, uh, with our great content, amazing guests. This will be live on our YouTube channel and, uh, we appreciate you guys so much for being here. We're going to wrap it up here and we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.